Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download, like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, mates, before we start the show, I just want to quickly let you know that I, Matt Stewart from the show Do Go On, am coming to Sydney and Brisbane to do some stand-up comedy. Sydney on May the 12th and Brisbane on May the 19th. Please come along. It'd be so nice to see you. Use the discount code Do Go On. And yeah, the details will be in the show notes. Anyway, enough of that sweet plugging. Uh, I know that's what you came for in a lot of ways, but you know, we've got a show to do and we better get on with it now. So I'm going to throw to Dave, who is live from the European Beer Cafe. On your Easter Sunday for a bit of do go on. My name is Ev Warnicky. Um, thank you so much for coming out. <laughs> Matt's just throwing his jacket on the stage there, uh, pretending he never saw that. Uh, are, you, are you having a good Sunday? Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for coming out. Um, my name is Dave Warnicky. As I said, this is do go on, but it's not about me. It's about three of us. So could you please put your hands together and welcome to the stage Jess Perkins and Matt Sands Jacket. Yeah. Oh. I'm sure no one noticed that, Dave. I don't know why you... Okay, but I had to point it out because otherwise it looks like... I went like this. Oh. 
uh, anyway, um, like I had to say something. You are easily spooked. I got spooked. So there is like also... a horse. Otherwise, everyone would have been like, oh, Dave just moved his head. Why? I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, so confused. You've probably heard about the European beer cafe Ghost. <laughs> <sighs> now, very excited to be here. Thank you for coming out again. Um, who left a family function to come here? <laughs> like three of you. Really? What the fuck are the rest of you doing? Yeah. Who has a family? Is that a thing people do have an Easter family day? Yeah, big time. I've dodged it the last seven years because of comedy festival. <laughs> Even when we've done shows on a Saturday, I'm like, oh, I can't, I've got a show. <laughs> and they go, okay. And I go, you fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, yeah, they could just check their God. No, nah, they don't, though. Because their family is stupid. <laughs> they're so stupid. <laughs> And, and unsupportive. And they're not supportive, yeah. Or they know I've got a show on a Saturday and they're like, oh, good, she's not coming yeah, anyway. Yeah, they Phew. are relieved. Anyway, all right, bunch of heathens in. Good to hear. Um, explain how the show works. Uh, well, what we do here uh, is take it in terms of report on a topic often suggested to us by one of the listeners. We go away, do a little bit of research, uh, bring it back for the group and it is my return to do a report this week. You said my return. <laughs> See, that's the kind of thing you have to point out, not when you turn your head a little bit. <laughs> I reckon we could have got away with that one. <laughs> you didn't hear the sound? The crowd went... <gasps> <laughs> they he saw the fucking <laughs> ghost! <laughs> <laughs> well, how did I say my return? That makes no sense. It's Jesus' return. So I said, it is my return. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what the topic is? <laughs> we always go... <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I'm too far and I can't get out. <laughs> Fuck! Oh. Too soon, too soon. It's been 2,000 years! <laughs> hey Dave, you usually ask a question of the audience before you even ask that question. And, oh, our, and our question is, have you heard the good word? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who here has heard the, the, good, the good book? Do go on. Who's, who's heard the show before? Fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you, thank you. Always uh, a relief. Who hasn't heard? That's Dugan okay, before? that's all right. Yeah, good, yeah. Hey, welcome, welcome in. We're very so welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> Great, and we will convert you. So. <laughs> <laughs> or like a mega church will usher you to an, into a side room and force you to donate to us, so... So, great to have you in, great to have you in. Someone read that as, like, an innuendo. <laughs> innuendo? Innuendo. innuendo. <laughs> no, that's one of the few things that innuendo I can do. Innuendo, go on. Donate oh, yeah. what? Come. I, I think come, yeah. <laughs> I, there, was, there was someone who would... There was some, oh, yeah. they saw the ghosts again, but I... <laughs> <laughs> they were either thinking they meant come or it was the ghost. Or they were going, oh, I don't have my checkbook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because it's not 1994. We accept American Express. All right. Uh, my, my question, we always start with a question to get us on the topic. And uh, the question for Jess and Matt is, what is the only thing more badass than a World War badass? Ooh. Fucking hell. That is a vague question. Um, What's more badass than a World War II we badass? Uh, well, just a world, generally a World War One or World War Two badass. There's only one thing more badass. Oh, it's not about Barry Breen, the guy who kicked that wobbly punt <laughs> to get the Saints one and only premiership in 1966, is it? Is yes. it about Barry Breen? It actually is. It is. No, it is not. Sorry, everyone. Sorry to let you know. You're all thinking, please let it be. Khan. Um, 
How about a multi-war badass? Ooh. A World War One and World War Two plus more wars badass. Boar wars. <laughs> in- you misspoke. In- including the Boar War. Holy Bloody shit. Hell. Uh, today's subject is nicknamed uh, the Unkillable Soldier. Ooh. But he was around in World War One, so I reckon he might be dead. <laughs> Jess, he is the Unkillable Soldier. Okay, not, well, we'll find the- out. Not the undiable soldier. I'm, he, okay, how else do you die? He went have trip down the stairs or something. And so well, the stairs killed you. Uh, oh. Uh, ho- honestly, hold that thought for later. I'm serious. We'll talk about that in about 45 minutes. <laughs> All right. Uh, today's soldier... Uh, today's soldier. It's a World War History podcast. It's... Adrian Carton de Villa is the subject of this report, suggested by multiple people. Thank you to John from Toowoomba, previously from Brisbane. Love how specific that is. Great. Thank you, John. Uh, Everyone else, I'll just say your name. So thanks to Jack Ingold, Michael, Simon Arintz, Mike Weaver, Shani Lee Fulton, James Neal, Kalina, Kelly Trey, David Kepler, David Glue, and Jack Taylor. It was one of those David, David Glue. Glue. <laughs> That's, That's great. good. That's G-L-E-W. so good. G-L-E-W. Ah. Ah. He's actually from Endeavour Hills in Victoria. You hear David? He wouldn't put his hand up now, would he? <laughs> Just mocked his name. Uh, so thanks to, you, to those people. Here we go. Uh, Adrian Carton de Villa. Look at that name, Jess. Beautiful. What a great name. I uh, was born into an aristocratic family in Brussels. On the 5th of May, 1880. So, born in 1880 in Brussels, his father, Leon Constant Gislaine Carton de Villa. Has, has jizz in his name. <laughs> the crowd loved... They just loved that syllable of his name. Which some, is, there is some really good names in this story, I swear. Uh, he was a lawyer and magistrate, and the young uh, de Villa's mother, Ernestine Venzig... Oh, that's great. That's good. Uh, sadly, she died when the boy was six, so probably shouldn't have paused there. Uh, the, family, <laughs> the family moved to Cairo in order for his father to become a director of a large property development company. During this time, Adrian learned to speak Arabic. So he's uh, already a man of the world, or a boy of the world, which will continue. Uh, his father remarried to an English woman. He was then sent to a boarding school in England at the age of 11. Uh, after school... The other, the other speaker uh. came on. <laughs> I thought my ears popped. <laughs> And I, was like, up a I was like, don't address it, Jess. <laughs> just be a professional. I noticed zero difference. Should I get my ears tested? Yes. Yeah. Did you all notice that? Yes. <laughs> Man, I sounded great before and I sound great now. That's all. Could you hear anything before? <laughs> Do I have to recap? Could you honestly not hear much? He's, a, he's from Bustles, 1880. That's so much better. Okay, great. Wow. <laughs> Thank God it was early in the show, you know? He, he dropped out of Oxford. He went, to, he went to Oxford. But he dropped out to join the British Army. Remember, he is not British. But he joined the British Army. Uh, the Second Boer War broke out, as you were saying, Matt, in South Africa in 1899. With, uh, obviously, you know a lot about the Boer War. You know, yeah. Yeah. The politics of the situation. Yeah, there was... I do. <laughs> I don't know if we have time for There's me to go no into time, it. There's simply no time, Dave. There's simply no time. There's no time. The Boers were involved, though. I know that. <laughs> know that for sure. I was in South Africa and the Boers were maybe like the... Were they like the white Dutch South Africans or something? 
whatever. I was on a... I reckon I had two out of three there, but um, you'll edit most of that out. I'll Let's take start again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the speaker wasn't working. Yeah. Don't worry, no one heard any of that. <laughs> uh, with Great Britain fighting against the two local Boer republics, uh, De Villa recalled in his, uh, his book later on, he recalled, at that moment I knew once and for all that war was in my blood. If the British didn't fancy me, I would offer myself to the Boers. <laughs> he just wanted to shoot someone. <laughs> You didn't care who it was for. War was in my blood. Yeah. Okay. Okay, your dad's like a real estate mogul. Yeah. <laughs> and I, dad's into houses, I'm into killing. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, at the time he was under military age, wasn't a British subject and didn't have his father's consent to join the military. Uh, three strikes that would stop most people, but not our man who pretended to be 25 and signed up under a pseudonym and called himself... Uh, himself, Trooper Carton. <laughs> Which, if you're going to fake a name, keep it simple. That, they Trooper. must have been going like, that is nominative determinism yeah. off the charts. Yeah, Trooper Carton. Or whatever that word Tro- is. <laughs> Trooper Carton. Mm. That sucks. Uh, you never know which way you're I going. Know. I'm exciting. <laughs> Uh, but if a fight is what he wanted, a fight he got. Carton de Villa got shot in both the stomach and the groin. Oh. And was sent back to England to recover. Which would you prefer? Gut or groin? Yeah. Oh. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I do have abs of steel, so probably I could take it. He, do- he doesn't have a, a dick of steel, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never been tested, anyway. No one knows. <laughs> I know, and it's not steel. Uh, your answer, Jess? Groin. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the serial groaner? I love it. I, oh. I think it was an agreeance. It was, yeah. It was. Oh. You said he... Now, might, why he... now? Why would you take a sip now? You were on a roll. <laughs> uh, for the people at home, I was drinking my drink at a bad time. But he said he wanted, if he wanted a fight, he got one. He was shot twice. Is that what you think of oh, as yeah. a fight? Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you the, other, the people that he shot. Oh. Which is probably a lot. Uh, so he was sent back to England uh, quite injured. It was only then that his father discovered that his son had abandoned his studies and his dad was furious. <laughs> but his son was keen to get back out and fight. So he was back at Oxford for a time to satisfy daddy. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> That was the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Dave saying daddy. If I showed you a picture of this guy, if he heard me call him, say that he said daddy, he would destroy me. <laughs> So, but he went back to Oxford for a bit, waited a couple of years before he saw military action again. This time he was given a commission in the 2nd Imperial Light Horse and was back fighting in South Africa in 1901. This time he was old enough to fight under his real identity and served as a commissioned officer until the war ended the following year. He stayed in the military and kept fit between wars by running and playing sports, most notably polo, which he loved. It's so weird, like, you know, in the off-season... Yeah, yeah, he was staying He's fit. training. Whoa. Just sh- shooting horses. Yeah. He loved polo. That's not how polo's played. 
he does not. He did not love playing by the rules. Uh, unsurprisingly, he also loves shooting and was invited to shoot in country estates across Europe. His other hobby was swearing. <laughs> One of his friends remarked that, quote, he must hold the world record for bad language. <laughs> Love this guy. His friend sounds like a nerd. <laughs> I say, <laughs> fuck off. T- tone it down. <laughs> in 1908, he married a countess with... Uh, one of what is the longest names I've ever seen. Yes, lay it on us. Countess. Oh, my God, it goes for, like, two full sentences. <laughs> Frederica, Maria, Caroline, Henrietta, Rosa, Sabina, Francisca, Fugger, von Babenhausen. Yes! <laughs> oh, brought it home strong. Really brought it home. Babenhausen. Incredible. Holy Incredible shit. Stuff. She was the daughter... Can I take your name? I bet he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah, take her name. Yeah. I want to get rid of Bob. <laughs> Just be Babenhausen. <laughs> she was the daughter of an Austrian prince and princess. So pretty pretty cool stuff. Babe, I've, I've forgotten every other name in there. Babenhausen. Yeah, because one of them was Fugger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fugger von Babenhausen. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, together they had two daughters. Uh, because he was well connected through his family, his, uh, his cousin Henry, or Henri, which probably would be Carton de Vere, was Prime Minister of Belgium from 1920 to 21. Wow. And uh, Adrian remained a Belgian citizen serving the British Army until 1907 when he became a naturalised citizen. Mm. And when the First World War broke out in 1914, he was already serving with the Somaliland Camel Corps. I, I listen to a few Camel Corps bands. They're great. <laughs> I love it when you hate yourself. <laughs> it's my favourite. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Thinking about all his life choices. So, um... <laughs> Remember Babenhausen? <laughs> Oh, that was good. So he was fighting the forces of the Dervish state in the Horn of Africa. But being in the Camel Corps, that means he's riding into battle on a freaking camel. God, that's badass. <laughs> <laughs> he was there to, uh, to quell a rebellion of the Dervish state who were fighting for independence from the British and Italian colonies. So not as badass as that bit. But uh, during an attack on an enemy stronghold, he was shot in the arm and then in the face. Which would you prefer, Dave? I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got face. a face of steel. <laughs> if I had the it. choice, I'd shoot you in the face. <laughs> 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 Easy. No question. I, honestly, I would pick arm just because they're small enough they'd probably miss. <laughs> <laughs> Bullet would just go, doink. Yeah. And I'd say... Well, you know the rules. You missed. I can go now. <laughs> and they go, fuck. <laughs> oh, we've got to change that rule. Where would you shoot, Dave? Let's go around the room. <laughs> if I, I mean, just to help you out, I'd try and get you right in the, in the gullet or whatever that thing is. Oh, yeah. Open, Open up it up. that throat. Sorry, for people who don't know, I have a very small esophagus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not a gullet, is it? Well, I don't know what a gullet is. Esophagus. Thank you. What's it? Do you know what a gullet is? Isn't Same? Like, like birds have a gullet? Oh. Some people are nodding. Are they birds? 
Okay, so I was just up to the bit where he got shot in the arm and then in the face. And because of the shot to the face, he lost his left eye and part of his ear. Which ear? <laughs> I think it's his <laughs> left ear. <laughs> Imagining photos of this guy. Uh, speaking in 1964, Lord Ismay, who served alongside Carton in Somaliland, described the incident. He said, quote, he didn't check his stride, but I think the bullet stung him up as his language was awful. (laughs) (laughs) He's lost an eye. He's stung up. (laughs) So unbecoming of a gentleman, isn't it? He's been shot in the eye. He's cursing. The doctor could do nothing for his eye, but we had to keep him with us. He must have been in agony. (laughs) My God. While recuperating from these injuries, Carton de Villa received a glass eye. It caused him such discomfort that he allegedly threw it from a taxi. (laughs) Just threw it out the window. And instead acquired a black eye patch which he would wear for the rest of his life. Hell yeah. Badass. (laughs) And it sort of becomes his his trademark. Mm. Everyone knows him from the eye patch. And a few other things that I'll mention. He received the uh, Distinguished Services Order, the DSO, for these exploits. But did the injuries slow him down? No fucking way. Language, Dave. Sorry. (laughs) I've been stung up for beauty. (laughs) Uh, According to the BBC, fellow soldier Lord Ismay that I talked about also gave an insight into Carton de Villa's innate love of fighting. He said, quote, I honestly believe that he regarded the loss of an eye as a blessing as it allowed him to get out of Somaliland to Europe where he thought the real action was. (laughs) He's a psycho. (laughs) It's well worth losing an eye if you get to go fight the proper fight. Oh, good. And he saw a lot more action during World War I, shipping out to the trenches of the notoriously awful conditions of the Western Front, serving in the notoriously bloody Ypres in 1915. During the Second Battle of Ypres, the Germans launched an artillery barrage in which Carton de Villa's left hand was shattered. According to his autobiography, which he titled, Happy Odyssey... <laughs> He tore off two of his own fingers when the doctor refused to amputate them. Could have done with a little bit of a warning on that one, I reckon. Um, That might have been worse than when you said daddy. (laughs) Nah. nah. Uh, His whole hand was removed by a surgeon later that year. So now... (laughs) Were you into that? He's losing everything on his left. Yeah. What is that? Bit of his ear. Eye. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) He returned to England to recover in a nursing home in Park Lane, the same place he went every time he got injured. And they're like, oh, you're back. (laughs) The usual room. (laughs) This is... Became such a regular occurrence that they kept his own pajamas ready for his next visit. <laughs> he literally said the usual. Oh my god! Before the end of the First World War, he was also shot through the ankle. Which well, one? Yeah. Wish I could tell you. Let's say left. Let's say left. It's becoming a bit lopsided. This is my nightmare at this point. No left hand. So that's uh, shot through the left ankle. Also, the back of the skull. That feels important, that one. (laughs) 
That's during the same. That's during the Battle of the Somme. Also very notorious. Matt, ankle or back of the head? <laughs> really, the back of the head one. It matters if it where where's the bullet coming. If it came from the front and got him in the back of the skull, <laughs> then I'd say that's no good. Okay. But if it's just sort of skimming past the back, maybe that's fine. Yeah. Okay. And you can just grow hair over it. Yeah. I got a big hair. I could shave off a little bit of skull, I reckon, and be okay. Yeah. 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 I've got to go with that as well. <laughs> I'll be able to fit in a more. I got a huge head. Nice. Yes. <laughs> I can't find hats. I got a big old head. Um, Don't laugh at me. I'm not done with the injury list. <laughs> so we've got the ankle, the back of the skull. Yeah. Uh, then through the hip. Yep. Great. Left hip. He's going. If he goes swimming, he will go in circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, later in this story, he's going swimming. <laughs> uh, then he was shot through the leg at Cambry, and then through the other ear. <laughs> Finally, the right hand side's like, thank God. <laughs> the right hand side was getting a bit of FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. So uh, just to recap, he has already been shot in this story in the groin, the stomach, the arm, the face, the back of the skull, the ankle, the hip, one ear, and then the other ear. Cool. That is uh, eight separate places and he's lost a hand and an eye. Perfect. Great. Uh, after a period of recovery, Carton DeVere once more managed to convince a medical board he was fit for battle. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1916, so he's not here, so he's like, he doesn't know this, but they're only halfway through the war. He took command of the 8th Battalion, the Gloucestershire Regiment, after three unit commanders were all killed. With the commanders all dead, Carton de Vere took charge of all three units and together they managed to hold the advancing enemy back. For this unflinching bravery, he was awarded the Victoria Cross, the highest award for gallantry in combat that can be awarded to British Empire forces. And his citation reads, For most conspicuous bravery, coolness and determination during severe... Coolness? <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they pinned it on him and just went, Fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> He's got sunnies on. Yeah. <laughs> sunnies on an eye patch. That's so yeah, cool. That's very cool. <laughs> That's so cool. This guy. Got to look after that other <laughs> yeah. eye. So coolness and determination during severe operations of a prolonged nature. It was owing in a great measure to his dauntless courage and inspiring example that a serious reverse was averted. He displayed the utmost energy and courage in forcing our attack home. After three other battalion commanders had become casualties, he controlled their commands and ensured that the ground one was maintained at all costs. He frequently exposed himself... (laughs) (laughs) Come and get it! (laughs) In the organisation of positions and of supplies... ..and of supplies... Passing unflinchingly through fire barrage of the most intense nature, his gallantry was inspiring to all. I mean, it's it's an amazing story, but I reckon he'd be insufferable. <laughs> Just a conversation with him, you'd be like, "Oh God!" You'd scull your drink and be like, "I'm oh, so sorry, I gotta, I gotta top up. I gotta go over here. I gotta top up and just go stand in a corner." <laughs> Too much. What do you? What, in what way? What, what kind of things would he be? Just seems like a little bit of a psycho. Okay. 
Yeah. And the, That's the, the vibe I'm getting. Right. I like how the, the worst thing you think about a psycho is having to have a conversation with him. <laughs> <laughs> True. He is very keen to kill. I, I, my biggest worry about meeting him would be just like you can't complain about anything. Like if you've got like a sore throat, he's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I've Those been shot. In, I've been shot in the throat. <laughs> yeah. You, you couldn't complain about anything. Yeah. Which you love doing, so. <laughs> yeah, it's true, honestly. Love to complain. <laughs> Have I told you about my throat? And also my loss of smell and taste. Anyway. <laughs> um, so he's won the Victoria Cross. It's the most yeah, prestigious big. award that you can be awarded. Humble about his bravery, he didn't even mention the Victoria Cross in his autobiography. Lady telling a friend, it had been won by the 8th Gloucesters, for every man has done as much as I have. So, very, very, quite humble about that. But by this time, the man had become a full-blown legend in the military. To quote from the BBC, he electrified his men. The eye patch... <laughs> yeah, he, didn't, he didn't electrocute them. <laughs> Though he might have. Uh, the quote says, the eye patch, empty sleeve and striking moustache. I forgot to mention he's got oh. a very, very striking moustache. I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very distinct looking man. Qu- very tall as well. Ooh. You like a twirly moustache or Merv Hughes? Just, what are we talking about? Just quite strong from, <laughs> from side to side. Really, really painting a picture for the listeners yeah. there. <laughs> quite, quite, uh, yeah, quite bushy. Right. If you were. Just think of a cool moustache, that's it. So a Hitler moustache. <laughs> Hang on. You said it, not me. Great, great. What? You think the Hitler moustache is cool? It's bold, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> Certainly no one's bold. doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah Char- Charlie Chaplin really ruined that. <laughs> Michael Jordan had it for a little bit. <laughs> no. Which was a strong choice. Yeah, bold yeah. choice there. <laughs> All right, from the quote. He electrified his men. The eye patch, empty sleeve and striking moustache combined with his bravery made him famous with men under his command describing his presence as helping to alleviate their fear before going over the top during the trenches. But he also terrified men because they knew that he was willing to do fucking anything <laughs> and he expected them to do the same. <laughs> I found this uh, war website, uh, possibly German, I think. It's uh, pronounced wiki... Wikipedia.org. Ah, it's a war web- website. Yeah, a lot of war on there. So the ah. w-, w would be for war. Yeah. yeah. What's, the the, I... what's the icky? What's the icky? I don't know, is that German for war? Yeah, maybe. War yeah. War pe- Warwarpedia.org. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, okay. so it's just it's got everything you want about war. Yeah. That's handy. Why do they have the English letter W for war and then the German word for war? I don't know. I guess it's marketing. <laughs> that you makes know. sense. That does make sense. Wikipedia was already taken. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and you don't want to go on that website. <laughs> See some weird shit on there. What's Matt's homepage? Wikipedia. Uh, so I found this website, and it quotes from a soldier, A.S. Bullock, about the first time their new leader, Carton de Villa, appeared. Is it Sandra Bullock? Yeah. The, it's A.S. Bullock. Yeah, A. a. Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. <laughs> yeah. But which one? Yeah. Sadly, not the Academy Award winning one. 
coincidence. <laughs> Are you Sandra Bullock? I'm a Sandra Bullock. <laughs> That's how she gets out of giving signatures. <laughs> a lot of fun. So this is the quote from A. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> First time, and uh, their new leader, Carton, has appeared on the scene. Cold, <laughs> cold shivers. Cold... <laughs> cold shivers. I'm A. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> okay. okay. Cold shivers went down the back of everyone in the brigade, for he had an unsurpassed record as a fire eater, missing, <laughs> missing no chance of throwing the men under his command into whatever fighting happened to be going. Bullock also noted that Carton de Vere, quote, despite having only one eye, ordered him to get his bootlace changed. <laughs> so they're all lined up and he went, you, change the bootlace. <laughs> and he probably started crying. Uh, somehow he got to the end of World War One. I, Wait, I don't understand the point of that. No. He, even though he only had one eye, he was still able to tell see. a guy to change Yeah, it. from a distance. Oh, I see. Right. Well, he must have the one that does depth perception. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is classically the right one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, somehow he got to the end of World War One, and despite having lost his eye, his hand had been shot uh, eight times. He said, frankly... I enjoyed the war. Uh. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate... Your last biscuit. That I was saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O.
Uh, after World War One, he was sent to Poland as second in command of the British Poland military mission. The Brits were there to aid Poland, which was fighting against the Soviet Bolsheviks, the Ukrainians, the Lithuanians, and the Czechs all at the same time. He lived a quieter life for a time after this, by which I mean he survived two plane crashes in one year, <laughs> one of which resulted in a brief period of Lithuanian captivity. Are you just skipping over a plane crash? Two. No, two. two. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, there's another one coming up. <laughs> I didn't, simply didn't have time to go through all his plane crashes. <laughs> Uh, when the Poles won their battle and the mission was over, De Villa retired with the honorary rank of Major General and stuck around and lived in Poland on the largest state of a friend. He did actually live a comparatively quiet life for a time, later writing, In my 15 years in the marshes, I did not waste one day without hunting. I lived healthy and comfortably, close to nature and away from the troubles plaguing the interwar period. I had no contact with world affairs and, I must admit, had no interest in them. Then World War II broke out. And you better believe De Vere was lining up to get a piece of that action. How old was he at this point? He's nearly 60 years old. <laughs> and he had to escape Poland. He headed back to England where he re-enlisted in the British Army. So he's 60. Despite pushing 60, he was granted the rank of Acting Major General. So that, was, that was stoked to have him back. He's a legend. Yeah, that's fair. And Carton de Villa was summoned in April 1940 to take charge of a hastily drawn together Anglo-French force to occupy Namsos, a small town in the middle of Norway. Uh, sadly, his men were outgunned and outsupplied by the Germans and had to hold on tight until they could be rescued and they had to leave. But then in April 1941, de Villa was appointed by Winston Churchill himself to lead a British mission to help Yugoslavia. Sadly, he never made it there as the plane he was flying on had both engines fail... And they crashed into the sea off the Italian-controlled Libya. A third plane crash now. De Vere was knocked unconscious in the crash but came to in the cold, cold water. Carton De Vere and his comrades stayed on the plane's wreck as long as they could but then it started to sink and they had to swim for it. He had to help one of his crewmates to shore, allegedly slinging him onto his back. Remember, this man has one arm, one hand, and then he swam both him and the guy to shore. Of course he did. <laughs> what a guy. Oh, uh, when they made it, they were immediately captured by the Italians and Carton de Vere was sent to a uh, castle called Vincigliata outside of Florence. He was held there as one of th uh, 13 of Britain's highest-ranking captives. So he's a bit of a, a wild card, a draw card for them. Yeah, okay. An ace up the sleeve. Also in tow were fellow badasses, double World War veteran General Sir Richard O'Connor and Lieutenant General Sir Philip Neem, who was the only person ever to be awarded a Victoria Cross and win an Olympic gold medal. <laughs> Some people are just overachievers. <laughs> and what was the medal for? Shooting. <laughs> that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. If it was like, I don't know, a decathlon, it'd be a bit disappointing, wouldn't it? Or like rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> That'd actually be more impressive. Yeah. That would be really I mean, I like the ribbon? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful sport. <laughs> so, De Vere, with these fellow high-profile badasses, and despite being in his 60s now, he led at least five attempts to escape the POW camp. Fucking hell. Switzerland I, was... I un can't handle this guy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He'd be a lot to be married to, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. He'd be a lot. 
Switzerland was only 200 miles away and the prisoners all had their eyes well and truly set on the target. Only 200 miles. Yeah. Easy. Easy. <laughs> What's that in Ks? 320? That's very good maths. Much better than the man I shared a lift with earlier, who when I got in the car park... It was at you? (laughs) uh, They were dressed in formal clothes, a couple, a man and woman got in, and he was adjusting his shoes, had a bit of a Cuban heel, and his his partner said, how tall is the heel? And he said, about one inch. And she said, oh, what's that in millimetres? And he goes, uh... She goes, go on, have a go. And he goes, 15? What's, what vehicle are you in here? What's, what's going An on? An elevator. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes... Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was like, why is he in the car? Yeah, yeah. He drove here. Uh, they got into my Uber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was too polite to tell him I was occupied. Or... <laughs> yeah. I said, where do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? 15 mil. Yeah. Okay. He was very far off. So Switzerland's only 320 Isn't k's it, away. What, what is it? It's 25 mil, right? That's not that... I mean, it's not that far off. I don't think that's a noteworthy story. <laughs> you know, it's not like there was context. I didn't bring it up out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> it felt like you'd been burning a hole in your pocket. How do I weave this one in? I've got quite the tale to tell. About an idiot! <laughs> So they tried to escape the castle. (laughs) Uh, According to the Irish Times, they employed homemade ropes. They attempted to pierce the Great Walls with carefully concealed holes and even climbed down a medieval well before settling upon the hardest task of all, digging a 60-foot tunnel through solid bedrock. That's about 15 mils. (laughs) Uh, This later attempt took the general seven months of excruciatingly back-breaking labour with De Villa organising an elaborate system of watches and warnings as the teams burrowed deeper. Simultaneously, the prisoners managed to contact London via secret letters smuggled out for them at enormous personal risk by the Scarlet Pimpernel <gasps> of the Vatican. The amount of legends you're just dropping <laughs> yeah. and skimming over, it's amazing. Well, I didn't know that was a real thing. I thought that was a book or something. Scarlet Pimpernel. Well, the Scarlet Pimpernel of the Vatican is a nickname given to Irish Catholic priest named Hugh O'Flaherty, who, in defiance of the Pope, did everything he could to aid prisoners of war and a lot of Jews under the noses of the enemy. He was a real hero, saved thousands of people. So he smuggled their their letters for them. They enlisted Major General Michael Gambier Parry, who was rather artistic and was able to come up with forged documents and escape maps. It took months of secret digging, but the generals completed their massive tunnel excavation in March 1943. What's going on? I don't know. Just people making a lot of exclamations out there. (laughs) It's It's a a, crazy story. It's just a few like... (laughs) They're doing it out loud, so they're loving it, you know? (laughs) Otherwise, you keep that in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. Never hold in a... It's dangerous. (laughs) Uh, they split into three teams of two. Four risked the Italian railways, while De Villa and O'Connor, who was one of the other generals, chose to walk. Why? <laughs> sleeping r- So far. <laughs> and they're sleeping rough each night and relying on the kindness of strangers in a bid for Switzerland. And you have to imagine these guys are not the most inconspicuous-looking dudes. <laughs> and they do not speak any Italian. O'Connor was a silver fox with a big white moustache. Hello. (laughs) 
And Carton... <laughs> am I speaking your language? <laughs> and Carton DeVere was a six-foot-two man with an eye patch and only one hand. Hello. They stood out. <laughs> <laughs> Makes hitchhiking a lot harder. <laughs> your worst. <laughs> uh, yet somehow they were able to elude recapture for eight days before finally being recaptured. Oh. So they got and them. they didn't make it the 320 Ks in, no. in eight days. No. <laughs> Week. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, hell, that'd take me a year. Just out of laziness, to be honest. I'm big on rest days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thankfully, halfway through the war, the Italians decided to switch sides and uh, Carton de Villa was taken to Rome to help negotiate with the Allies. They let him go. And he finally made it back to England in 1943. Upon his return to England, Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who was a big fan of his, summoned him where he informed Devere that he was to be sent to China as his personal representative. The Prime Minister felt a soldier with experience of diplomacy, (laughs) (laughs) such as Carton Devere, would be the best man to be his personal representative between he and the leader of the Republic of of China, Jiang Kai-shek. Churchill was a firm admirer of Carton de Villa, describing him as a model of chivalry and honour, and wrote the foreword to his autobiography. Oh. There you go. Oh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the next three years, he was to be involved in a host of reporting, diplomatic and administrative duties in the remote wartime capital, and he was very impressed by the Chinese people. He had a great time over there. He met Mao Zedong at a... T- <laughs> Mousy dog. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, this is a time before he became uh, chairman of China, but he was clearly on the rise. De Villa interrupted his propaganda speech to criticise him for holding back from fighting the Japanese for domestic political reasons. <laughs> Mao was briefly very stunned, <laughs> looked up, saw who was heckling him, and then laughed. <laughs> right. All right. I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, After the Japanese surrender in August 1945, Carton de Villa flew to Singapore to participate in the formal surrender. Our man finally retired in October 1947 with the honorary rank of Lieutenant General. Pretty good. Is that better than the the one he had before? Because like Major General or something. Imagine if he was demoted. Yeah. (laughs) Major feels better than Lieutenant, but... Mm. Feels better to say. Yeah. It's more fun. You, yeah. don't know, you don't know, do you? I don't I know. I do not. <laughs> but I can tell you he'd also been appointed Knight Commander of the Order of the British Empire, meaning he was also Sir Adrian Carton. Uh, his list of medals and awards is mind-blowing, and I'll share a photo of them in our social media this week. But uh, honestly, if you wore them all, it would weigh him down. I don't think it would. Because he swam with a man on his back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think he's a fucking tank. Yeah. I think he's, he's a- the only person who could wear all those medals. It would take me five minutes just to read them all out. But I counted uh, 25 medals. Oh, okay, no, that's That's a many. pretty it's slow a reading, really. <laughs> 25 medals, five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah, five per minute, 12 seconds a medal. <laughs> I give each medal the respect it deserves. <laughs> I give them all a salute. We get the trump- trumpet player involved. Trumpet player, a bit of jazz. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I never perform without a soundtrack. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> Imagine. Okay. He suffered another injury even away from the battlefield. En route home via French Indochina, Carton de Villa stopped in Rangoon, which is now Yangon, Myanmar, where he, as a guest, was a guest of the army commander. Walking downstairs... <laughs> he slipped on coconut matting, fell down, broke several vertebrae and knocked himself unconscious. So he badly broke his back. Shit, he had a fall. He had a fall. <laughs> he didn't seem like the kind of guy no. would have a fall. But of course, he recovered! What a god. Uh, Sally's wife died in 1949. But he found. Have you mentioned her yet? Yeah, she's the one with the incredible name. Babenhausen. Oh, okay. oh my god. Why didn't you say his wife? Yeah, that's all she is. Surely you're giving her the full. Read the full name. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, alright. Let's find this name. My God, this was a while ago, wasn't it? My favourite bit's fugger. Yeah. <clears throat> Sadly, his wife, Countess Frederica Maria Caroline Henrietta Rosa Sabina Francisca Fugger von Babenhausen. <laughs> passed in 1949. <laughs> you monsters. Have Come some respect. On. I can't believe you what cheered that. What is wrong that. with you? You people are sick. You can't even say you didn't know that was coming. <laughs> Even trick you. You disgust me. Every last one of you. He he uh, he did find love again though. He remarried in 1951. What? At the age of 71 to Joan Sutherland, a very boring name. Who was uh, 23 years his junior, and together they retired to Cork in Ireland. Okay. Well, that's nice. <laughs> Some people I guess. are disappointed by that. <laughs> but he didn't fully slow down in retirement. He was an avid salmon fisherman where he could be seen by the river sporting a special harness for one-arm fishing. Quite good. In 1950, he published that memoir, Happy Odyssey. (laughs) Sir Adrian did not regard his reputation for having had an adventurous life as correct. As he wrote in his memoir, I think it has been made up of misadventures. That I should have survived them is, to me, by far the most interesting thing about it. And I agree. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) He once told his friend... Journalist, uh, journalist Dennis Rolleston Gwynn, great name, that he thought self-pity was the worst of sins and that he would far sooner forgive a man for burglary than for self-pity. Yeah, you really couldn't complain about your throat, could you? No. You couldn't <laughs> say oh, shit to out. this guy, but you could tell him that you stole his watch. Yeah, and he'd be like, that's cool. That's cool. Whatever, man. Uh, Gwynn, the journalist, also recalled, one of the last times I met him was on the steps of the county club in Cork after he'd been reported to be quite incapacitated. Oh, and he's meeting him on the steps as well. (laughs) (laughs) Playing with trouble. Is that a phrase? Yeah. (laughs) Playing with fire. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Like, everybody got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why why are they beating me up over it? These fucking guys. Yeah. They are monsters. They hold, hold me to a really high standard. Yeah. It's unfair. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, one of the last times the journalist, uh, he'd heard he'd been quite incapacitated. He says, yet he was walking in from his car without even the aid of a stick. When I expressed surprise, he replied that once a man uses a stick, his confidence goes and he would never face that. 
So he, this guy just soldiers on no matter what. Sadly, all good things must come to an end. Not so unkillable then. <laughs> uh, Adrian Carton de Villa died on the 5th of June 1963 at the age of 83. Wow. Not That's bad. A good innings. So Adrian was buried in the grounds of his house in County Cork. His wife joined him there 43 years later when she died in 2006. She got there really late for the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Quite rude. (laughs) Yeah. Alarm didn't go off. (laughs) Uh, She died in 2006, meaning she was 102. Whoa. Yes. She started as his junior and ended as his senior. That's cool. Does that happen often? Probably does. (laughs) Probably happens all the time. Yeah. Men live a lot harder lives. They die younger. Yeah. As Much a feminist, harder, I can it? say yeah. that. Yeah, as a feminist. God, your life is hard, isn't it? It is a lot. It's a lot tougher. Oh, all, yeah. all that. Thing. So hard. Grindstones. Yeah. yeah. Carrying things. Yeah. Well, not not really, but. Um. <laughs> but if like you could. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm happy to say his legacy lives on. Carton de Villa is the subject of the 2022 song The Unkillable Soldier by Swedish power metal band Sabaton from their 10th their album, The War to End All Wars. Most of their 10 albums are written about war. <laughs> uh, my favourite description of him, though, is the Oxford Dictionary of National Biography describes him as... With his black eye patch and empty sleeve, Carton de Villa looked like an elegant pirate and became a figure of legend... That is my report on the unkillable soldier. Give it up for Dave Warnicky, everybody. Great stuff. What are you going to call this episode? The elegant pirate? I like that. The elegant It'll be confusing pirate. right till the end, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that keeps them listening. Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, it's got to come in here somewhere. Yeah, right? He oh. must be searching for treasure. Yeah. And then they just get to the last bit and go, those fuckers. <laughs> they tricked me. Yeah, they'll hate it. Well done, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> a great report. Well done. Thanks, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Can we have a big round of applause for Duty on Sound? <laughs> Thank you to the Euro for having us. The yeah, other legends behind the bar who've um, been serving everyone so. So we have Josh on the door as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Josh. We'll be back next week with the final live episode. But until then, I'll say thank you so much and goodbye. Later. Bye. Bye. Wowee. Woo-hoo-hoo. That was a lot of fun. Great report, Dave. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, with a click of our fingers, we are now back in the studio. And we're back in the room. Wow. <laughs> You're back in the room. <laughs> uh, and it's time for everyone's favourite section of the show. We made it! Where we thank a bunch of our great supporters who, without them, this show would cease to exist. That's yeah. right. We'd, we'd all crumble into piles we'd of dust. We'd go into administration. <laughs> Involuntary. Administration. Uh, And yeah, the first thing we like to do is the fact, quote, or question section, which has a little jingle thing. It goes something like this Fact, quote, or question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. (laughs) Now, at the time of recording, the fact, quote, or question sack is nearly dry, not dry. I just put the call out, and luckily, uh, um, a, a subscriber by the name of Eric E. Morales, or Morales, uh, has come to our rescue with a question. What a hero. 
Who's <laughs> the hero we needed? So this is the only factual question. Deserved. Yeah, we just got the one this week. Ooh. So if you are on the Sydney Scheinberg level, which is where uh, the fact quotes and questions come from, get in there. You you should have the link. Message me if you don't have it, and um, yeah, chuck them in. Especially if you haven't had one in for a while. Get in there. Uh, so in this, you get to give us a fact quote or question, brag or suggestions, up to you. Yep, recipe or um, a compliment. Also yeah. welcome, please. And you compliments also, especially. You also get to give yourself a title. Mm-hmm. I don't like the compliments. I find them awkward to read. But unless it's to someone else. I think that's part of the fun. Oh, okay. It's watching you cringe your way <laughs> through it. Oh, I love Matt. He's so good at what he does. Oh, oh I'm dying. This. I'm going to spew up. <laughs> uh, so Eric has got the title of Junior Vice President of Unproductive Procrastination. Procrastination. Wow. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and Eric is asking a question, writing, Hi, do go on team. I have a question for y'all. Thanks, do y'all Eric. have any recurring dreams or nightmares? And of course, Eric has answered this question. Oh, love that. Love. I would Jeez. love to hear Eric's yeah, recurring dream, actually. Yeah. Okay. I've had a few that came up or that come up occasionally throughout my life. Since I was little, I've had a recurring dream of a mad scientist trying to fill a large container of liquid up to 100% but never succeeds. <laughs> this dream only comes... I didn't take any of that in and then Dave did a little laugh and then it all hit me at Just once. Just filling it up to 100%, okay. <laughs> uh, the dream only comes when I'm sick and has been happening as long as I can remember and I've also dreamt of a zombie Abraham Lincoln's face that stays motionless until it abruptly gets close to me. Ooh. Anyway, cheers and thanks for the continued Terrifying laugh. dream. Love E. Cheers, They're e. both scary. I have uh, a couple of typical ones. The first one is uh, my teeth are falling out. Oh, oh yeah. I hear a lot about... Apparently, like in dream diaries and things. like. Ah, what does it mean? Dream, I don't really know. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's either like good luck or it's money or something. Wow. I think teeth falling out in dreams. I think it's good luck with money. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> tooth fairy's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's horrible. And then I wake up and go, oh, thank goodness it's not there. But when I was younger, I used to have a couple. One was that there was treasure at the end of my bed. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I'd ex- like this is when I'm in primary school. And I'd excitedly wake up, check, oh. and then go. It was just a pile of oh, teeth yeah. that oh, had fallen out. <laughs> but it was like, oh, oh, no, that wasn't real. And the other one I had in my early years of uni after I'd finished year 12 was I'm about to go on for my year 12 play but I know that months ago we put the set in the skip I can't remember any of my yeah. lines we've got no costumes the audience is waiting I've got to go out there oh, that is man. a classic yeah, isn't it classic. and you're nude yeah I probably am <laughs> I've googled it but that bit I'm fine with yeah. teeth falling out are associated with loss and important life changes this dream could indicate that you're dealing with some kind of loss like an abrupt end to a relationship or a job change oh. yes very similar to cash yeah <laughs> money yeah, that's why I feel like I've, I've been suffering loss for years because I've had that dream on and off for forever. I think my most classic one that I, I've heard other people having is running but hard, but not oh, being able to run fast. I hate that. Just hardly moving but trying hard to run and, be, and finding it really frustrating. Oh. Trying to scream but nothing comes out. Yeah. That one's really frustrating the, too. My longest one that is... Uh, recurring, I don't remember happening for a little while, but see, I remember it was one of an early memory as a kid. Was this sort of this sinister man, and I could never quite focus on him. But he was, I, re- I remember the shirt he was wearing, sort of like this stripy shirt, sort of grey and blue. And he, he was, he was, I know he was bad, mm. but and he just sort of was just sort of haunting my dreams, never really interacting necessarily. Filling Weird. up a bottle to 100%. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just couldn't fill it. <laughs> 
98. Uh, then uh, it would come stop. On, a few more drops, Doc. <laughs> and then when uh, the other one that came to mind was uh, when, I, uh, when I used to drink a bit, uh, alcohol, I would have dreams where I'm just sculling orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, uh, if I checked a dream diary, I would say I was dehydrated. Yeah, interesting. But it's funny that you go straight to orange juice. Yeah. And I just couldn't quench my thirst, just sculling and sculling yeah. orange juice. I don't really have any recurring dreams. My boyfriend has a um, an island he visits that's frequently sick. in that's history. Oh, nice. that's the best. And, and in, a, and in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. He's oh. flying there. And in the last, and the last time he was there, it had changed quite a bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, sort of, you know, new infrastructure and... That is a what a great dream. He's I a big gamer though, right? Island. Like yeah. he plays games. Like last time we were around, he was playing a game that was like on an island. Yeah, that's is true. it. Sort of like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is he continuing the game in his dream, <laughs> shooting dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, killing in that game. I think this one's a bit more of a peaceful island. Uh, that's it. That is a great recurring. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's got an island. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. To going to bed. It's a good name for an island. It's peaceful island. Peaceful Just island. Popping away for the night. I'll see you. Uh, see you later. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking forward to sleeping. I'm heading night. to the so beach good. tonight. Yeah. yeah, that'd be nice. That, yeah, that's a good one. It's a good uh, question, though. Good question. Great question. Thank you very much, Eric. Eric E. Uh, and yeah, like I said, that's the only one that we've got at the moment. We'll, uh, I'm sure it'll be back to. I normally stay ahead of schedule, but we've recorded a few episodes back to back, and we uh, we're trying to churn them out. Burnt through them all, um, yeah. and they've all been fantastic. We appreciate all our Sydney Shine Burgers. Uh, the other thing we like to do is shout out to a few of our other. Great supporters on the shout-out level or above, mm-hmm. the arse prod or above. And, Bob, you normally have some sort of a game to play. Yeah, where would they like to be shot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about taking a bit of the back of our skulls yeah, off. Yeah, we were taking that. We don't have to do that as a game. That um, That's a terrible idea, but I thought it was funny. Um, I like it. <laughs> I'd like, like to be shot, shot in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't think of anything. This guy was a such an interesting character. Um, his his book was called Happy Odyssey. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. We could give a positive spin title for their autobiography. Yeah, okay. Let's they, name their autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. Is it? I always call it a game. Is it a game? It's a bit of a game, okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> what else would you call it? Yeah. Just a thing in, to like, pass the time. Hey, have I been mis- <laughs> um, describing this? All right, so if I can kick us off, I'd love to start by thanking uh, from Mongolo uh, in New South Wales, Australia, Owen Petit. Owen. Knock, knock, who's there? Owen, Owen who? Owen Petit. So that's the whole name of the book? Knock, knock, who's there? Owen, Owen who? Owen that's Petit. good. I like it. I actually do like that. I, I think that's that quite up. funny. I pick that up it's much like one of my favourite um, <laughs> comedy show titles, which is Joe Lycett. It was, that's the way, aha, uh-huh, aha, uh-huh, Joe Lycett. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about Nazim Hussain's one this year, which is, who's saying that? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's saying that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which isn't really a phrase, but I think it's that's so funny. very good. Who's saying that? Who's saying that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, those sort of, yeah, kind of stretch puns like yeah. that, if that is a pun. So, All knock, I knock. think my all-time favourite show title was Alistair Trombley Birchall's a few years ago. Fuck it up, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> 
So Owen, uh, knock knock, who's there? Owen, Owen, who? Owen Petit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fantastic. Very good. Uh, next, I would love to thank from ooh, undress unknown. Undress unknown. <laughs> ooh, undress unknown. <laughs> oh no, it's the nightmare again. Um, I'm undressed and I'm unknown. <laughs> My worst fears are coming real. Um, from address unknown. Uh, can only assume deep within the fortress of the moles they do reside. It's Kirsten E. Kirsten E. I wonder if they're related to Eric E. Keep on trucking. Oh, I like that. In brackets. <laughs> in the free world. <laughs> oh, I like that. In brackets. Did you include my horn yeah. sound? <laughs> Keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the, the free, free world. world. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. It's sort of like a bit of a. A word play on a, on the classic Neil Young song. Yeah, yeah. Love Keep that. on trucking uh, uh, in, in the, the free world. world. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, from our love to thank from Stafford Heights in Queensland, Australia, it's Ashley Becks. Ashley Becks. Yeah. Put your Becks into it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Put your Becks into it. It's one of those stretchy ones I was talking about. <laughs> It's not quite there, but that's part of the fun. I think there's something almost gr- grosser about ones that work well somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about what about have, a, have a Bex and lie down? I don't know what that means, but it's a saying that maybe English people say. Is it? Have a have a, have a oh. Bex and lie down. It's just in the back of my brain. Me too, Do but I, I don't know what it means. Yeah. I'm guessing a Bex is a brand of sedative so, or something. Yeah, something. Not the beer. Yeah. Of a Bex or, a, or a nice cup of tea. Ah. Could be anything, really. Could be. What about bigger than Bexus? Oh. That's so bad. That's good. That's so bad. It's okay. Good. I love that. Some options there for you, Ashley. Uh, would you like to thank a few Bopa? I'd love to. I would love to thank from Destination Unknown. Ooh. <laughs> Where do you reckon they might be from? Fortress of the Miles. Wow. I would love to thank John Wick. John oh. Wick. I love this because I imagine that uh, their whole life it was just a normal name. And then yeah. Keanu came along and made three movies. So that the name it of all. the book is No, not that John Wick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. In brackets, an even better one. <laughs> burning the John Wick at both oh, ends. Oh, that's pretty good. No, that's not even the yeah. saying, is it? Yeah. It's burning the candle, candle at both ends. ends. Yeah, yeah. That's, but what's what are you burning if not a wick? That's true. That's a really good point. Maybe that's it. What are you burning if not a wick? What about johnwikipedia.org? Oh, that's good too. What about John be nimble, John be wick? <laughs> that's it. That's the one. That's the one. Matt, you cannot deny that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Dave on. is really John tonight, wicks. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, we didn't give a pun one to Kirsten. Shut e. up. Do we need to give a pun we, one? They don't have to I just said keep on trucking. They don't have to be puns. Oh, okay. Because it just feels like we've. We've changed into that. All right, no worries. Um, for me as well, I would Kirsten love to take... 10 out of 10. Hey. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Burst and wee. <laughs> That's when you really got to go. <laughs> I would love to thank from Port Macquarie in New South Wales, Lord James and <laughs> Lady Paula Smith. I do say. My lords oh, and lady. Yeah. Um, common people. Something like that. Yeah, that's good. You know, just playing it down. Yeah. That's hey, right. We're com- just like you. Yeah. The common people, except we're a lord and a lady, motherfuckers. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Trying to be like, uh, you know, like the people. Yeah. And if books can have a theme song, it's obviously Common People by Pulp. Uh, yeah. And I, but I don't have to... In the technology, by the time this book comes out, every book will have... Every book is an audio book. Yeah. They've all got songs on them. Easily. 
Um, thank you, Lord James and Lady Paula. I would love to thank as well from Chicago, Illinois, Spenjamin Montema. Spenjamin Montema. Spenjamin. <laughs> Something about like Benjamin's like money. Yeah. Spenjamin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's already too much going on. What yeah. about I don't know what to do with if it? If we put a, a hyphen in, we go spend jamming. Yeah. On Tema. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's <Pause>. own. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that very much. Spend jamming. Jamming. Another pause. Jamming. On uh, yeah, it's some good stuff. It's hard, <laughs> some the good is, stuff. The name is already that amazing. It's yeah, hard you to can't. Do. What are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> um, do you want to thank some people, Dave? Yes, please. From Perth, WA. Right here in Australia, it is Eliana and Josh. Eliana and Josh. <laughs> Milky Mana and Tosh. It'll <laughs> make sense by the end of the book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I feel like that you, is it if you given away a plot twist there? No. Just oh, Joshinia brackets with Eliana. Close brackets. <laughs> okay, mine's still better. Okay. And mine Just was say, mine was mostly no bad answers. answers. <laughs> <laughs> no bad answers. They don't all have to be puns on their names, you know? It could oh, be something I'm about their by the story. Rules. Oh. Which is the name of their book. Which is Milkyana. Not every book title is a pun on a name. Oh, I never said every book title was. <laughs> I was confused by what Dave said. Only before. the good ones. Only the good ones. Only the Only good, the good ones, ones. Die, die young. young. <laughs> that is. That's their, their book. Subtitle. Eliana and Josh. Yeah. Only the good ones die young. Yeah. We're <laughs> still living. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long title, but again, it makes sense by yeah, the end. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never die. <laughs> I'd also like to thank now from Upsella in Sweden, Daniel Kellen. Really having a crack here. It's K J E double L E with an accent N. Daniel Kellen. Kellen it. Yeah, I mean, he's Daniel's Kellen it. That's good. He's Kellen I've never seen that before where state is select state. Yeah. Drop down menu fail. Yeah, we've failed, failed you there in Uppsala, Sweden. Daniel, Sorry, thank you Daniel. so much. And finally, I'd like to thank from Cherm side in Queensland, Braden Douglas. Braden Douglas. Uh, met Braden Douglas before. No, he's a Tigers supporter. Okay. Okay. Um, what about. <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> Into the the Bray Tigers Den, Douglas. Yes. <laughs> Into the Bray <laughs> Tigers <laughs> Den, Douglas. <laughs> We're at the end of a long recording day. We've recorded at a long comedy festival <laughs> at this point. Well, sorry, we're We've losing lost our it. Minds. We're losing it. We're so tired. Geez, we started strong with Didn't knock we? knock. Yeah. <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> Owen, Owen, oh, no. Owen, Owen Petit. Petit. <laughs> and there was no coming back from no, that. We pegged too early. Too high of a yeah. And the good news is we have another section of the show dedicated to pun titles on your name. So stay tuned. Oh, my oh God, that's, that's right. True. So that brings us to the uh, triptych 
section. Oh my God. <laughs> what, do I, what do I normally say now? And we have now? quite a few people to thank. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and we're running out of time. <laughs> Quick. All right. So these people have been sh- supporting the show on the shout out level or above for three consecutive years. Never dropping off. These are the diehards, the absolute number one supporters in our lives. Thank you so much. And to thank them again, yeah. we like to uh, welcome them in, into a, a, a beautiful place, a fictional club that we've created. Yeah, normally I, I, I have like it when we have a longer list because you can really feel Dave getting into a rhythm. And you can really fuck that rhythm by criticising no, him no, immediately. No, no, no. Not when he's in a rhythm. I haven't seen it often, but whenever he gets in <laughs> one. fucking bastard. And just to get ahead of your question, yes, I have got some hors d'oeuvres and cocktails, except none of them are actually edible this time. This time it's just grenades. Oh. this guy loved war and I want to um, like honour that. Like Jaeger bombs? No, grenades. <laughs> Live grenades. Yeah. Do not order anything. And Dave, have you booked a band? Yes, that Swedish band that I just mentioned at the end of the episode that yes. has the war theme song. Oh, that's right. Uh, I forget what they were called, but... Don't worry about it. Um, so, the way this works is if you're on the shout-out level or above for three straight years... You're Sabaton. 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 You're welcomed into the Triptych Club. You're going to have a great party. I'm on the door. I'm going to read out your name. You're welcomed in. Grab yourself a grenade. <laughs> Enjoy the fine musical stylings of Sabaton and listen to Dave uh, hype you up. The whole crowd's going to go wild. I'll be chanting your name. Yep. Jess hypes Dave up. Um, because he needs a little bit of extra self-esteem. Uh, true, it's actually true. And here we go. We got we got a few. What do we got? Eight, eight in today. <laughs> 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 so I'm on the door. I'm going to read out your name. Dave's going to hype you up. Here we go. You ready, everyone? Yes, let's Welcome go. in. It's it's bloody Triptych Club time. First up from Graz or Graz or how do you say it? Gra- Graz in Austria. It's Thomas. Doppelrider. This night suddenly got Doppelrider. Yes. Or feels Doppelrider. Yeah. From you're in. Sydney yes. in God's country, the great state of Ohio, United States, it's Steve Kayser. Kayser the laser. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. From Fort Collins in Colorado in the United States, it's Dyranny Clark. Ooh, providing that spark, it's Dyranny Clark. Ooh. From Wellington in New Zealand, it's Tim Anderson. Well, well, Wellington. If it isn't Fucking my old mate, hell, Tim. good. From Portsmouth in England, it's Martin Cox. Martin Cox. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, right. in a, but, in a good, but in a positive sense. From address unknown, can only assume from the Fortress of the Moles, it's Brian Andrews. <laughs> Trying. Andrews. Andrews. Have do's. a can of yeah. this yeah. drink. <laughs> Cheers to you, Brian. Ottawa in Ontario, Canada, it's... Micah or Mika. Micah, let's get the mic on. Woo! Micah, yeah. And finally from Balmain in New South Wales, Australia, it's Steve Socky Soglu. <laughs> Socky a Soglu. This night was going to be pretty Socky Soglu until Stephen <laughs> arrived. Dried up all the rain. <laughs> Stephen Socky a Soglu. Yeah, it's a great name. But, Fantastic. Uh, Welcome into the club, Stephen, Micah. Brian, Martin, Tim, Dirani, Steve, and Thomas. Legends. Legends. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Jess, anything we need to tell people before we go? That we love you. You can suggest a topic and uh, contact us at dogoonpod.com and also uh, find us at dogoonpod across all social media. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll say thank you so much and goodbye. Bye. Imagine 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.